Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to a brand new edition of Embrace Debate, a Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson. You can catch us on Thursdays. Uh, we've had to take a couple weeks off, uh, but glad to be back in the house. Uh, we've got Cody from the Carolina Cat Chronicles and Monty from the Four Man Rush. I've been seeing y'all going back and forth on Twitter for the past couple of days, so I knew that uh, <laughs> it was probably about that time for us to get back in here uh, to give the people what they want. Um, the Carolina Panthers. Short week planned tonight against the Chicago Bears on the road. Found out Justin Fields is ruled out uh, for this contest. So we'll have the other kid. I can't remember his name. Uh, that went to like a division four school. That's going to be uh, <laughs> going to be starting this game for the Bears. I shouldn't be joking because he's probably going to end up winning the game for them. Um, guys, what's uh-huh. going on? How are y'all? Uh, how are y'all feeling on this Thursday morning? I'm doing good, man. Happy to be here. Happy to be here back with you, Desmond. Uh, happy to be here back with my number one fan. Monty Fetty, I appreciate y'all. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have a great show today, man. What's the deal, Monty? What's happening? What's going on, fellas? Um, yeah, man, I'm glad to be back. You know, I know we took some time off, uh, but definitely glad to be back to pack Cody up. Um, and, and yeah, man, uh, you know, uh, uh, glad to be talking for uh, Panthers football, bro. So, let's go Love on, to see it. Love to see it. Well, let's just get into it. Um, let's just go into the one of the main questions I've been seeing bounced around uh, throughout panther nation uh right now and that's the uh the job availability of the general manager and head coach of the panthers after the season is over would you guys say that general manager scott fitterer and head coach frank wright are on the hot seat for the carolina panthers uh going forward this season uh money let's start with you absolutely yeah i mean i, I it's without a question for me um I, I think that after start after ending the season how we ended last year and let's be clear i think that you know we can make the argument last year we were we were fighting for the number one pick is after we started with one to five and then Wilkes turned it around. You can make the argument that we just made the wrong coaching hire. And then, you know, again, now here we are back at one one and seven again. Um, so, yeah, man, I think that the realistically do I think it'll happen. 
No. Do I think both will be fired? No. Do I think they should be both on the hot seat and should be fired? Absolutely. Um, you know, I just I just don't think there's, you know, I think starting one and seven after, you know, the offseason that, that they had after, you know, they, they didn't promise that we were going to win the division. But, you know, after kind of talking, talking up how good this this roster is and, you know, how much we're going to be able to compete for the division this year. And, you know, we're the season's all but over for, for the Panthers now, man. I, I, I think that's definitely a fireable offense. Um, and for Scott, man, it just when you look at over the last three to four years, how this team has been built all the players that all the above average to elite players that we've had that we've just let go or, you know, we've traded for to, to get almost nothing back in return. I think Scott Fitter has, he, in my opinion, had, you know, should be, has been his last days of GM here in Carolina that they should have been fired him. And I'll be honest, man, Frank Wright, for him to be a quarterback guru, for him to be the offensive guy that fitter or wanted, you know, the offense is still terrible. So, uh, I mean, I don't I don't see the point of keeping Frank Reich around either. But, again, I know Cody doesn't agree with that. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I, I think they both should be on a hot seat. Cody, uh, your rebuttal uh, to that? Do you think uh, Fitterer and, and Wright should be on the hot seat? Well, everybody knows I feel Fitterer should be fired. But I just find it, you know, kind of fascinating, right, that when it comes to the offense, Bryce Young, is a victim to a terrible offensive line and a bunch of wide receivers that can't make any separation to save their life. But somehow that same gratitude is not afforded to the coaching staff. And when everybody was excited about Thomas Brown calling plays, everyone turned their back on him immediately after the offense looked exactly the same. What I'm here to tell you is that in one offseason, this entire coaching staff had no choice but to roll with the roster they had available to them. Fitterer is the one that has packed this team with, for the past three years with draft picks that don't ever get on the field and a bunch of free agent players that are always disappointing. I'm worried that if you cut bait too fast, now you're bringing in a brand new general manager, a brand new head coach, neither of which had any part in selecting the quarterback that you just traded, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and the first overall pick in 2024 to trade up for. All the coaches say that Bryce Young was their guy. So if that's true, they, in my opinion, need the same grace period that Bryce Young is being given by the fan base. So no, I would not be so quick to fire this team until you put more uh, weapons on the offense around Bryce and better players on defense as well. Okay, so a couple of things from what both of you guys said, because I'm kind of in the middle with it. Uh, I lean more towards Cody's side uh, based off of what he was just saying there. But uh, for starters, the whole Scott Fitter aspect of this, I can't give Scott Fitter credit for any draft that was here with him here and uh, Matt Rule, because Matt Rule was the ultimate final say. So I can't give him the, any negativity on who got picked in those drafts. So really, that means the only draft that he really had more say in was his previous draft that we just had. So those first two drafts that he, what he was here for were under Matt Rule, and Matt Rule was the buck stops at Matt Rule. So I can't really put the blame on Scott Fitter for those. Um, for this year, I feel like my buddy Chris Lee over at WRL, he mentioned this on uh, Panthers Playbook at the end of the game last week. And I thought it was so true. I saw a clip of it on uh, Twitter. He was basically like the Panthers fan base right now. Everyone wants somebody to blame. You want someone to point the finger at, right? 
So it's e- it's easy pickings to pick Scott Fitter and Frank Wright because they're the, the front most people that are in front of the franchise right now. But you're not mad at Scott Fitter. You're not mad at Frank Wright. You're mad at what's happened with this team since Cam Newton got his shoulder blown off back in 2018. Like we have the worst win percentage in the NFL since that week of the NFL season uh, back in 2018. So we've sat through all this for four or five years. Now, granted, three plus years of that was Matt Rule. And that set this franchise back way further than any fan anticipated. And I feel like we're dumping it all on Frank Wright. And Scott Fitter, based off of Fitter's comments about parachuting a quarterback in, you got to remember in context when he said that. When he said that, Christian McCaffrey was still on his roster. DJ Moore was still on his roster. Like, they still ha- they had weapons on offense. They gave up those weapons to go get a quarterback. So now they don't have those weapons on the roster. So it's not the same team that Scott Fitter was talking about when he made that comment to begin with. Did they know they were going to do that? No. Did they want to do it? I don't think so. But they did it. So now we're in a position where – You've set the franchise back a little bit. You've gone two steps backwards to try to take, you know, steps forward. And I, you really need more than one draft with Scott Fitter to kind of figure out if he's the reason why. Um, when it comes to Frank Wright, to me, this whole season comes down to injuries. Like, th- we have been so banged up injury-wise. Right. I was looking at the injury report. It's kind of hard to gauge the job Frank Wright's doing when he doesn't have the dudes that he needs to have. I out believe there. no other team in the NFL right now has more players on IR than the Panthers. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the injury report, not IR. Brian Burns is out of court tonight, concussion. C.J. Henderson got a concussion last week. He's out for tonight. So Von Bell, he's got a quad injury. He practiced on Wednesday, but he's questionable. D.J. Chark, I think they just saw they ruled him out uh, with an elbow injury. LaVisca Chenault, we ain't seen him in a few weeks. He's got an ankle injury. He's out. Steven Phillips, the tight end, he's out. <laughs> like, well, my question is, well, my question to that, Dez, is, well, who do you blame for the training staff, for hiring the training staff then? Uh, and, and I'll to yeah. be honest, I'll even take it a step further than that though, because it's not just the draft picks that you know. I believe that dessert that has earned Scott Feeder the, the smoke that he's gotten. It's like, dude, he, he's he's been the loudest talking about. Well, you draft a rookie quarterback so you can extend and pay pay players to build around your roster, and the best player on your defense you've yet to sign. Well, that's but, because Burns stopped the yeah. negotiations once I mean, the season. But, but so to be honest, he stopped the negotiation because he didn't want it to be an ongoing debate every week right. about, well, right. what, what's going on with the cop. But again, that all stems from Scott Fitter just not, not no, not you no know, bucking yeah. up and paying them. And, and Desmond, I want, I want to uh, go on top of that too. I'm tired of doing this thing where we give Fitter the benefit of the doubt for Matt Rule being here. And I agree, him being, and him being the guy Maybe that he was, wasn't the final decision was, maker. No, so uh, okay, but you, but you, you're the general manager. The only through line through the last three seasons of football is Scott Fitterer. Now, hey, if you want to say Matt Rule was in charge, okay, was Matt Rule in charge of letting Hassan Reddick go? What about Stephon Gilmore? Right, I think he was. Uh, yeah, like, like, I, I honestly mean, feel like Matt Rule was the final say in every decision all the way from the social media group for the Panthers. And we know this, they told us pretty much. In fact, when he left, like who he had his hand in too many who things. Is, who has Scott Fitter drafted that has been an absolute can't miss player? Like, to well, this again, point. he's only had the, the draft for, you know, last year, but before that, his first round picks was JC Horn, who can't stay on the field and Derek Brown. So um, no, actually, and, I think and, drafted uh, Brown. and uh, well, uh, Kim Aquanu. Yeah, it, it, those are the two. Ricky Aquano and JC Horn. Those are the two first round picks. Struggle at left tackle. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think Derek Brown, Marty Herney drafted uh, Derek Brown, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, that was Derek Brown. Um, uh, yeah, the main problem for me with all this, when it comes to this conversation, with regarding this, is the fact that David Tepper never cleaned house completely. He only cleaned a room at a right. time. You right. know what I mean? 
Like, so when he first comes in, he, he fires Ron Rivera after a year where Ron Rivera goes through five quarterbacks because he can't keep a quarterback on the field because Cam is hurt at the beginning of 2019. And, and he decides, you know, I'm a clean house. I'm going to just go ahead and let Rivera go and all those people, which I think was mistake number one in this Marvel looped timeline that we're doing <laughs> in Charlotte right now. If we can go back in time and not fire Ron Rivera and let him rebuild the team. That's what we should have did. But we let him go. So, but you didn't let Marty Herney go. You didn't let his GM go. You let him stay. There's, that's that's kind of that's kind of where I why I'm I am on the fire Frank Wright and Scott Feeder because you know I feel like just you know we and we can what it really boils down to and I feel like this is the conversation that we don't have on a regular basis is Tepper being the biggest issue and it's just you know what they say crap trickles downward and that's just kind of where where it's going because Tepper has been the biggest issue because in my opinion how many teams fire a general manager and have their new head coach hire the new general manager. Right. And, and that's kind of the problem that we've had. You know, you've had Matt Rule was responsible for vetting and trying to find Scott Fitterer. And now here we are. We're going to we're re- essentially asking you to do the same thing. We're going to fire the GM and then have Frank Reich help find a new general manager. And then Frank Reich might be going two my, years. My, yeah. my, last, my last thing on this topic, the reason why I say not the coaching staff is because David Tepper has not made any good decisions. So now in one offseason – you want him to fire and rehire a brand new coaching staff and fire and hire a brand new general manager. Like David Tepper has not proven to got one of those things right. Now we're going to put all of that on his plate at the same time and hope that he comes away with someone that can help us get W's. That doesn't make no sense to me. It doesn't make sense to fire Frank right after the all all the everything you just did this previous offseason to bring him and the staff in. Like we're only right. What eight games in? And <laughs> to the season up, we're talking about firing everybody. Like checkbook for all of them. Plus, and we knew going in, we knew, we all knew going in that this team was not deep roster wise. Like we knew it. We all knew it. We knew that, and, and we knew it was going to take some time for them to build the back end of that roster. I'm not worried about us not having a first round pick. I see a lot of people stuck on that. We're not a first round pick away from anything. We need depth. We need middle rounds. Like we need third, fourth, fifth round picks that you know for backup offensive line and. Back up. Well, then you can make the argument Scott you know? ain't good after the first round either. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. to me, that's to be decided because uh, we're still watching whatever he's picked. You know, year two, year three of whatever they may be in, and we've seen some dudes they brought in off the street that have overperformed. I say this about all those people that were out. We were playing with practice squad players on defense pretty much on Sunday. And only allowed the Colts. We I don't think the Colts had 200 yards of total offense like in that game. It, it literally the two pick sixes pretty much was the difference in that game. The defense did their job, but nobody's out there <laughs> on defense. They're all injured reserve. That's kind of my point. Like they're playing with dudes that we had no idea. Like Claudin Cherilius, the linebacker that they got from I think the Vikings. He's on injured reserve. He just got put on injured reserve uh, last Friday uh, with a knee injury. Uh, that you're talking about the training staff, the, the 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 vast array of injuries that have happened to these folks. I don't know if it's a, a training camp or not a training staff issue, or if it's just bad luck. Because you've got everyone from Shaq Thompson to Ian Thomas to Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, Justin Houston, Xavier Woods, Marquise Haynes. Like I mean, all right, these look, names that we expect we could, them to have. We could go on and on about it too. I I, I understand what you're saying, Desmond, but also. I think Monty probably agrees with this. It's hard to not count this Brian Burns situation against Scott Fitter. Absolutely. We, we knew last Absolutely. year, we knew last year that two teams were giving up 
first round picks more right. than one, more than one for Brian Burns, and that you still don't pay him. Then right. this year, five more teams reached out that were going to give up first round picks, and you still don't pay him. Right. Like it's it, it's it's buffoonery at this point. Well, and, again, and there, he's not going to. No, they're not going to negotiate no, this season. Now, if we go through next off season and they can't get nothing done, they have to tag him. Then I agree a thousand. Yeah, but that's on Fitterer, though, Desmond. The fact that that they had all that time to get the deal done, they knew that they weren't going to trade him last year, and and they couldn't get something done this off season. So wait, wait, so you're saying that they should just gave Burns whatever he asked for? That's not I, I, but, it, well, Desmond, to be honest, if, if you let Hassan Reddick go and turn down two first round picks, yes, you should. I'm sorry. That's that's kind of that's kind of the, mm. the card you deal yourself once you let because you let a better pass rusher go. You gotta this think about still, it. We let yeah. a better pass and you're gonna pay him more next you're gonna pay him more still, next year. Yeah, they're gonna end up paying him more than what they thought. I said that back when they couldn't get it done. I was like, right. this never works for the team. You're always gonna look at Dak Prescott, but like, he got hurt, missed a year. He still got more money than what he was originally asking for because that's just the way the league is. So like Burns waiting benefits Burns more than it does the Panthers. And Burns cut off the negotiations for the season. But that's why it's a well. detriment to the Carolina Panthers. That, that's if they don't sign him. But That's if had, they don't sign him. If they, they do, had, then none of this means well, anything. If, if they would have him. signed him in the offseason or even last year, he would have been much cheaper than whatever they're going to sign him for now. You're so, assuming that Burns would have that. Well, that's shot, the problem. He shot the organization in the foot. You're assuming that, that Burns would have took that, though, because they offered him lower deals. He would not take it. That's why they're so far apart. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's thinking if, that he hasn't been offered anything. He has been offered deals by the Panthers front office. Burns just doesn't want to take those lower end deals. And then we see why would Sweat gets his deal in Chicago after the trade. So, I mean, all of it makes sense from both sides. It's a business. They can't just throw money at Brian Burns. And they own his rights. It doesn't matter what we think he may or Fitter may or may not should have done. Fitter knows in his head. I own the rights to Brian Burns, regardless of what happens for the next two years. Like, regardless of what we do here, contract wise, he can wait it out too. So, there's this is a business. There's both sides to this. I, I don't buy the whole he screwed up the Brian Burns thing. That's still an ongoing. You're also showing moment. your entire team how you treat your best players. Right. Yeah. I, I, now, I that I agree with. That I agree with in terms of that. But not, but if they get him right and he's like the number two paid D in the league when this is all said and done, it was all worth it. Sure, you can if they make it right and and overpay him at that point. Yeah, sure, you can say, well, we we got it right then. But I think you can uh, go back to the point of saying, well, Scott Fitter, if you would have just because realistically speaking, we don't know what Brian Burns' asking price was, but from everything that I've read from reports, you know, from Sheila, it wasn't over thirty. Now, yeah. realistically speaking, you wait another year, you're realistically going to be in that 30 mm -hmm. range. Yep, so so yeah. you can make the argument that, yeah, you might not. Because if you're going to, because now what we're saying is, well, you're going to overpay him anyway. Now, how much are you going to overpay him? If that's right. the case, you should have just paid him what he wanted initially. Right. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, I mean we knew that. that. Yeah, that's what, a, we, yeah I, I totally agree with that part. That, yeah, they should have just paid what he wanted initially because they're going to, they didn't think that. Again, and, and all these teams do this. They didn't think the market was going to outpace whatever it is they thought that he was worth. And it always will. As long as the TV revenue is going up and everything else, it's never going to be unless he got hurt. And even that, that broke his ankle. Like, that didn't affect his money. You know what I mean? Like, he ended up getting paid more than what Why not overpay him a little bit last year as opposed to this year when it's going to be even more money for the player that you don't even feel is worth that dollar amount because that because they have so many holes. That's what we just talked about. Like it's not a one man defense. They they got to fill out so much other stuff. They need money <laughs> to do that. Now they're going to have some money finally this off season. 
because uh, more dead money will drop off. They'll have more money this offseason than they did last offseason, and that might be why they couldn't come to terms with Brian Burns because they didn't have the money. They will have the money this offseason, so maybe they do give them something close to $30 million per, but either way, I, I, I don't know. Um, but here, let's 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 move over to another topic here. Which Panthers free agent signing has been the biggest disappointment so far? Um, Cody, I'll let you start with that one. I know because of the contract, a lot of people are saying Miles Sanders. But in training camp, DJ Chark was basically the de facto mm. number one wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, yeah. DJ Chark was the guy that was the downfield threat. He was supposed to be the player that was going to make this offense dynamic this year. And it could not be further from the truth. The dude has a terrible get off, he cannot stay healthy. Even when he has opportunities, he's not even guaranteed to catch the football. And, and he's not hes not going to be there tonight. I mean, like, we're praying that DJ Moore doesn't come back and have a Steve Smith senior type of revenge game tonight. And the only other wide receiver that we have is Adam Thielen. Like, everybody knows that Adam Thielen is going to get so many touches just because we have no other options. So, to me, DJ Chark, I expected him to be a huge part of this offense and one of the players that was going to help Bryce Young in his development. And now I think you can say that he's hurting Bryce Young's development. Monty, your thoughts on that? <laughs> we, we're, we're so disappointing at so many different positions, it's hard to find which one is the biggest <laughs> yeah. disappointment. Yeah. So that's, that's the funny Pick thing. Pick through the trash. So I, I'm going to say, it would be chart. For for me, I'm going I'm gonna go in the opposite direction and I I hope that they aren't listening or you know I love them <laughs> and I hope that they're gonna kill me for this. I'm gonna say um the Bo uh Bradley Bozeman, brother. Ooh. Uh, I know we extended Bradley Bozeman. Um, you know, I know he was he's a fan favorite. I love the Bozeman family. I love, I love Bozeman. Bozeman. Dude, he's been unequivocally uh him and Icky are, are in a in a mid battle for the worst offensive lineman on this team right now. And I and to be honest, I don't. <laughs> it wouldn't be close if Icky just wasn't so bad, you know. But Icky been terrible this year, so now I think it's kind of. But Bo, Bozeman and Icky both have been absolutely terrible, and Bozeman is is a liability now. It feels like at, at the center position. Now, mind you, I understand that he's coming off an injury, so you know I kind of try to give him some grace there. But he's he's simply been bad, man. And we can talk about Miles Sanders not producing. He's been bad as well. But you know, I feel like you can only produce so much. With, you know, as running back when your offensive line is terrible and we have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. And even with DJ Chark, yeah, we can harp on him not getting open, but is even when he's open, Bryce Young don't have the time back there to get him the ball because it's terrible. So, you know, it's, it, I feel like it all boils back down to the trenches. Um, I love Bradley Bozeman, the person, you know, I, and again, I want to be wrong about this so bad. You know, I want Bradley Bozeman to come out for the next 10 games and or next eight games and shut me up. But to start the season, man, it's to me, it's, it's, it's got to be Bradley Bozeman, dude. Like when you look at the film Ooh. every single week, he's getting beat and beaten on a consistent basis for like four quarters straight. And it's, it's okay. hard. It's rough to watch, man. Honestly, I just, okay, I just real quick, real quick. Defend Bozeman just a little bit. I'm not even saying that he's playing well, Monty. I wouldn't dare say that come out of my mouth. But what I am saying is almost every game this year, he has had a different man to both his left and his right. Oh, I agree. That, I agree. O- that offensive line 
it's so dependent on the man next to you. Mm-hmm. And, if you have, and, and, and if you have terrible guard play, now you're putting so much more on your center that it's like he's dead on arrival. There's only so much that he can even do. So, again, I'm not saying he's playing well, but it's just another situation where he has no help to his left or his right or any continuity. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about the uh, the Bozeman choice. Keep pounding the same way because I was thinking about that game Sunday against the Colts. Colts have had like no pass rush pretty much all year, and, and it, it was like, the Forrest Butner. Yeah, a jailbreak. It felt like all day, like all game, bro. Like there was all literally game. there was a, there's a picture. I'm sure y'all seen it by now. Floating around on Twitter of uh, it's like the Colts front four. They've already passed the offensive line. Like they're past them. And all four of them are like three steps away from Bryce Young. Bryce just took the snap. Like he's literally taking two steps back. Yeah. All four of them are there. The four offensive linemen for the Panthers all have their backs turned back to Bryce. <laughs> like they're facing Bryce. And then you got two offensive linemen like five yards up the field blocking nobody, standing beside each other. And I'm like, this has to be a Photoshop. And I went back and looked at the game. I'm like, no, that felt familiar. Cause there was times where as soon as the ball was snapped, there's three dudes in the backfield. Like, yeah. Like, right, and I, you can't blame Bryce. He can't block and throw the ball and catch it. Like, I mean, I get the fact he might have some deficiencies, but some of this stuff is the he's just behind a really bad offensive line. I think we overrated how good the offensive line was coming out of the offseason, too. Yeah. And I'll say this from Believe in Panthers from uh, from yesterday. Uh, Skylar Callahan was talking about this, too, because he was like, I can't figure out exactly why this line has gone from the way it is, because it's basically the same line. You're just missing Brady Christensen at left, at left guard. And I and he was like, it has to be scheme because, of course, it was different coaching staff here last year and they were running downhill 40 times a game. So, you you know, you're going to run the ball like no matter what. This is a different offense. It's a different yeah. scheme. And, different and to be honest, they, we don't have the personnel to run that power run game like we had. Right. Here. We don't have a power back. So, like, yeah, they're not we, we don't have the personnel to, to be that type of offense last year. And, <laughs> and, if, and we can be honest, man. Last year, we were if we didn't run the ball 30 plus times a game, we were losing by double digits. That's kind of the trade-off that we went from. It was like, okay, so we're not running the ball a hundred times a game, but now we can't run the ball at all, and we're still getting blown out. So it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like it just it, it doesn't make sense. And you said something before, Cody, about how uh you're laughing at the Panther fans, and I was too, the ones that were screaming for Thomas Brown for weeks and weeks and weeks. Let Thomas Brown call plays, let him call plays. They finally do it. It took two games for them to turn on Thomas Brown. But like, hey, we need to fire Thomas Brown because he look. look this and Desmond, I put out, a, I put out a tweet before he even called a single play, and I said, y'all keep that same energy. Exactly. Yep. Everybody's real excited, but Thomas Brown is not about to snap his finger and make another wide receiver that can separate or an offensive line that can give Bryce any more protection. Like it's all, it's, it's almost like it's almost like the fan base felt like Thomas Brown had a separate playbook that he wasn't being allowed to use, but he'd be allowed to use it once he became right. like, the play caller. Right. And I'm like they're wrong, they're calling the same plays. <laughs> the same, they've same always said, like they've always said that they've been working in tandem. That yeah. Frank Reich and Thomas Brown were collaborating on calling plays. Yeah, so. I never believed the, the tandem thing either, anyway, man. It's like, it, really yeah, no. speaking, anybody, you know, that real people that just play football, it's like you, you don't have two people calling plays for your offense. That, that, that just doesn't happen. Even, even if you have a collective, you know, unit or two people that have put together one collective play calling, it's very rare that you have a guy whisper and say, hey, man, I want to run this, but I'm a, that, that, that just doesn't happen. So when yeah. he came in and said, well, it's collaborative that we're going to – it's like, dude, you, you already have too many chefs in the kitchen now. And that's what it looks like. It looks like, you know, you get parts of McVay's offense – 
you get parts of what Reich ran in, you know, yeah. in yeah. I thought, I thought he meant collaborative in terms of both of them developed the offensive game plan going into Sunday. Yeah, right, that's, and, a, right, that's right. a losing recipe in, in, in itself. Well, yeah. okay, but that but that's that that's what they were doing. So my my only point was Thomas Brown, even before he started calling plays, already had his fingers on this offense, and, and it's like people expected it to look at. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Entirely new, like like what Desmond said. Like it was going to be an entirely brand different new playbook. playbook. It's the same that playbook was, they that had. Was, that was <laughs> never realistic. It's and by different- the way, That is is my only argument when it comes to defending this coaching staff. I'm not saying that they've been wonderful, but it's like Panther fans pick and choose who they want to give the benefit of the doubt to. Bryce Young is our number one pick, so everyone's going to give him the benefit of the doubt because that's our quarterback of the future. He's not boy, getting the benefit of the doubt. The mi- well, from half the fan base. It's that Cam Newton thing. Half the fan base is going to defend Bryce Young no matter what. The other half, they're going to down him no matter what. It's the Cam Newton thing all over again. It's the same exact dynamic. No matter what Cam did, there's going to be a segment that did not like Cam Newton for whatever reasons. Auburn, Alabama stuff. You, bro, I, I'm just saying, give the coaching staff the the same grace that we've been given to Bryce Young. Because I agree. One, I actually if, agree. If, if, one, if one deserves it, then the rest of them deserve it as well. Because what happens if you just fire this? Fa- I mean, first of all, think about it this way. If you fire this coaching staff after they start, say they lose to the Bears. Uh, and then they lose to Dallas the next week. And you have this situation like you did last year when, when the 49ers came into town. It was blood red in the stadium. You kind of had a feeling something was going to happen at the end of that game. And it did. That was the end of uh, of the rule era. If that happens and the Cowboys invade Bank of America Stadium, which they're prone to do, oh, Cowboys, and the Cowboys beat us more one in nine, uh, like at that point, it's going to get really loud about doing something. I don't want David Tepper to fire Frank Wright 10 games into his first year after he just fired Matt Rule. And it's it, you just fired the Charlotte FC coach like yesterday. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. We, we start <laughs> one nine, dog. I want to clear the entire clear the entire here? Here's my question Who would come here? Who would come here and well, play for owner like that? And that's so, the thing. Like, so indecisive with who he wants that he won't even give you a full season to see it through. Like, right, and you know, you've got 20 dudes on IR. Like, Desmond, everyone is jumping and hollering for Jim Harbaugh. That's what I wanted before, frankly. Bro, it's it's like, this is the deal, though. Why would Jim Harbaugh want to come and be the coach for an owner that is one and done every single year with a brand new coach? And David Tepper lacks all the control. He wants his hands on everything. Harbaugh doesn't want David Tepper telling him what to do. Now that and, wait, hold on. That I will push back on because we don't know. And I've said this many times on many shows. We don't know what how much control David Tepper wants other than him wanting to win. We know he wants to win. But honestly, Cody, we've only heard the man actually speak to us five times in like five years. Like we really I, don't I know like what he is. Des, I'm gonna be honest, bro. I think that's because he he's trying to avoid the egg on his face, bro. That's that's mm-hmm. my that's oh, my yeah. 
Yeah. I, I mean, regardless of why we haven't seen him, we haven't. That's what my only point is. We don't know the temperament of this man because we don't really know him. Like he's not really out there like that, like a Jerry Jones or somebody or, or Robert Kraft. He's not out there at all, really. Like uh, Skyler said, yeah, but that post, four years, that, seen him twice. That <laughs> post draft, the post draft press conference after we drafted Bryce, that was so revealing to me because he wasn't even at the podium. The man wasn't even on the microphone. And came up and just decided and to, say, to be seen. Right. Yeah, wanted to be seen. That felt like a victory lap. He was so happy. Yeah, that felt like a victory lap. He just yeah, wanted, and, he wanted to be seen. Like the Panthers had gone through four years of suck, you know. And, like, and yeah. now all of a sudden they're all in the headlines for doing something like this. He wanted to be at the. I mean, it's his toy. He bought it. <laughs> like, like I and get I it. Like, that, it's his house, and I think so. that that Bryce Young, that was just as much David Tepper as anyone else. I believe David Tepper fell head over heels in love with Bryce Young. So Martin. now David Tepper has to make sure that the next GM and head coach, that they're down with Bryce Young because they didn't select him. I, I wanted Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if y'all remember this, but last year before we ended up on Frank Wright, remember there was the whole thing that Jim Harbaugh had actually called into Carolina and checked on the availability and what was going on because he was thinking he might not be at Michigan much longer. It was like two years in of Matt Rule or something. He ended up going back to Michigan. Well, it was, well, even last year, it was, it was the rumor saying that he, he wanted out or was about to leave. That was going to be his last year in Michigan. Mm -hmm. at, at, you know, there were some ties to Carolina. Man, look, I'm going to be honest. If Harbaugh wants to coach for Carolina, you pay him whatever he wants. And, and yes, sir. Him. Bring him in here. Nat, bring yeah. him to me. I want to make it clear. I'm not opposed to Jim Harbaugh. It just doesn't seem very realistic to me. And I think what Karen Troy said in the comments is pretty much what I'm saying. Harbaugh want wanted roster football. control, and David Tepper didn't want to give him that because, that uh, yeah, because everybody else, David Tepper hires yes men. He hires the men that are going to say, yes, boss. Whenever Tepper says jump, they're going to say how high. The Now, I will say this, though, too, and I did say this on Believe in Panthers. Jim Harbaugh won't be here next year. Jim Harbaugh is going to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears. So we can just kind of. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I can like, see that. I mean, it's a bigger market, and that's, and that's kind of now y'all's point. That's yeah. going to be the hardest thing for us is, you know, is we already aren't a winning team and we're not a big market. So finding a one of those type of coaches is going to be that much harder. And right. but, but I'll be yeah. honest, though. I mean, pe people just don't from what everything that we read about David Tepper last year, people just don't want to be here because of David, David Tepper. So I'll be honest. Even, I mean, yeah, I, I, to, to y'all's point, this is I guess I'm kind of backtracking on my point. This is to y'all's point. If you fire him, who do you bring in? Because people just don't want to be bothered with David Tepper and the over right. the micromanaging, the the over controlling. And because I agree with Cody, I think that that's his style. He's just not as vocal as Jerry Jones, and he hasn't won as much as Jerry Jones. Those are the two biggest things. You know, he's just not as successful and not as vocal. But he absolutely wants a guy that is going to conform to whatever he says. And if 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 David Tepper had the winning re or winning resume, that kind of will, will give me some ease. But you don't you don't have that winning resume to to be so demanding of or or be, be so controlling over this uh, coaching staff. And he just continues to fail at simple stuff, dog. And and I I don't I really don't know how because you know I don't care really who we keep at, at the front office as long as David Tepper here, bro. I just don't have faith in him anymore, man. Frank Wright has to work. Like, this has to work. Like, it can't be impulsive. We stop it starting all over again for the third time in five years. Like, everything that we liked about the Frank Wright signing, him being the first Panther quarterback, he's got ties here, he lives in Charlotte, he's been here for 20-plus years, his kids went to school here, all that good stuff. Like, this has to work. Because if this doesn't work, th then you got an even bigger problem than what we have right now. So, like, I, to me, they need the time to figure this out. 
rookie quarterbacks rarely work well. The main problem with this, too, is that the counterpart to, to Bryce Young is C.J. Stroud, who just went out and threw for 470 yards and five touchdowns mm. and a game-winning drive at the end after we just played them, mm -hmm. and you have to compare them to each other for the rest of their careers. They're joined at the hip. So we're seeing us watch our quarterback get chased and run for his life like, like every Sunday and not be able to get the ball downfield because of it. And then you see C.J. Stroud looking like everything's easy. He's got dudes getting separation and they're running down the field and doing all this stuff. So it, it all that ties into it too. But it goes back to what I said at the very beginning of the show. We're not mad at Frank Wright. We're not mad at Scott Fitter. We're mad at the past five, six years of ineptitude of the Panthers that we've had to sit through and watch after Cam Newton's shoulder got blown up. Like literally it started, that was the point of the timeline where everything started going like this and we have not figured out a way to go back this way. We've had a couple of bumps where we've gone up when Cam Newton came back and they played Arizona, that game in, ba in BOA, a little bump yeah. up. Hey, Desmond, you know what Bryce Young Steve Wilkes. Yeah, but Desmond, you know what Bryce Young has that CJ Stroud don't? What's a that? good score on his S2 test. <laughs> Maybe that'll help him down the line here, hopefully, because uh, uh, we need it. Lord knows we need it. Uh, real quick, we're, coming, we're coming up on time. We were, talking, we were talking earlier about the offensive line. Who would you keep on the Panthers' offensive line for 2024? Because they're going to have some questions here about maybe moving guys or letting some dudes go on about their business. The names I didn't expect to be questioning, like Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett. They just signed Bozeman to an extension, so I'm sure he's going to be here. Uh, Corbett, I believe the same. Moten got his money a couple years ago. Uh, is there is there someone on this line that uh, that you would that you definitely would keep? Yeah, I think you got to uh, Corbett for sure. You know, I, he just, he's just got back. So it's like, it's hard to blame, you know, the game. So yeah. You can't really blame him oh, for his offensive line looking back. He hadn't even been here for the majority of the season. Uh, and, and you know what? To be honest, and I'm, I'm going to give Cody his flowers here. Brady Christensen, hey, man, we, we – you know, whether you want to argue him at guard or offensive tackle, I could care less about where you put him. He was one of the most consistent and better offensive linemen that we had, and we're we're you're, we're, you're seriously oh, you know, yeah. much as we missed Corbett. So you know, I feel like those are two staples that you got to keep. Everybody else, man, look, brother, it's, it's I love you, it's cool, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's and and realistically speaking, Bozeman's not going anywhere. Like you said, we just extended him, so he's probably not going anywhere. And I but, like Bozeman, yeah. So I, I would but want your to, yeah. but your two offensive tackles, I'm looking, I'm looking them dead in the face. Like, dude, it's 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 almost time to uh, for, for y'all to either catch the bench or y'all do better. We're gonna get y'all out of here, man. And mm -hmm. especially Taylor Moten. You know, Taylor Moten was supposed to be the the you know he one he's always been he's always been looked at as a top twelve right tackle he's always been looked at as one of the upper echelon of players on our team and he's being paid like a you know uh, he's being paid a healthy sum of money for him to be terrible this year like we don't talk enough about Taylor Moten because Icky has just been that bad yeah Taylor Moten style. yeah oh yeah <laughs> Taylor Moten's like, been literally. he's been bad bro and it's and this is and and to your point there's like it's just it's confusing not even frustrating it's confusing to see how big a difference this offensive line has went from a year ago to now because no, I mean, only almost nothing has changed other than just injuries or losing Brady Christian. You know? Yeah, they got Throckmorton at left guard right now instead of Brady Christensen. I'm wondering, I'm, I need to go back and look how much Brady Christensen and the running backs were helping Icky like last year. You know what I mean? Oh, they were. Oh, whenever they, whenever they were in passing downs, they always had the tight end and a running back I'm on Icky's side. Yeah. Which that, that brings me to my point. I don't look, the only axe I have to grind 
is with Akim and Kwanu. And I'm not even calling him a bust. A lot of the Panther Nation, they're ready to move on. Like, they think that the man is done, can't do it. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying what he actually is, which is a left guard. Yeah, and, I'm starting and, to come and, too. and the more that we continue to try and fit a square peg into a round hole and make him play left tackle, we're hurting his development as a football player. Cody, I'm going to be honest, bro. Icky not better at guard than uh than Christensen. I'm not putting Icky at guard over Christensen. I'm not. That's, yeah, that's a good point too. You know what, Monty? Brady Christensen's a better left tackle than a chemical. I would uh, yeah, I would say yeah. I at okay, least want to see. To be honest, we don't know that. And yeah, I, mean, I want to see it honest, at least. <laughs> we don't know that too much. But what we do know is Brady Christensen is a star is a valuable starter at left guard. So my well, my point is. Bro, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Nah, Icky is. As far as I'm concerned, bro, Icky either do better at left tackle or just ride the bench. Because I'm not moving a good starter but at left guard. Why? Or, He's so uh, strong at the point of attack. Here's why the, not, uh, why uh, not put him at, in, a, that, in a better yeah, bro. scenario? It, look, his, his feet are terrible to play left tackle. The bro, problem with well, wait, wait, wait. His the problem with the problem with Icky. There's there's no one behind Icky. That's the problem. That's why he's still out there. There, right. there is no, 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 see what happens it can't be worse than whatever we're doing now. and again they're not i don't think they're it, it's got to be scheme like they're not running the same scheme the same blocking scheme that they were running the last half of the season last year when they were running the ball 40 times a game regardless of yards per carry they were they were going to run the rock down your throat 40 times so we got to a point in the season where we all knew <laughs> like no matter who we we're playing oh this is gonna be one of those games where we just run the ball like 40 times or whatever it it, it, it kind of blinded us to the fact that they couldn't pass protect that's why we were running the ball 40 times you know what i mean like Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, PJ Walker. We tried out all these quarterbacks and we could not protect any of them last year. It's the same line. So, like, for why are we surprised that they can't protect for Bryce Young? That's kind of been my question. They couldn't protect for the other three quarterbacks last year. And that's why we stopped trying to throw the ball. So, the problem this year is that we can't revert to that where we can just run the ball because we let Dante Foreman leave town. Like, that's. And he's sitting, he's not even getting dressed half the time in Chicago. Like, they're not even using him. You know, I didn't realize he left there. He went there for $2 million for one season. Yeah, they paid him a Bullberry biscuit. That's, we, you know that, what? That's it. I you think know? Foreman was out when when Wilkes didn't get the job. You know, I think Foreman, when Wilkes didn't get the job, I think Foreman yeah. was, was out of Charlotte as well. Yeah, that's I, a good point. He wanted to, to, you know, start over with a brand new coaching staff and then be fighting for rep. Now, mind you, of course, he he should have probably just taken the money here with us because he would have been in a better situation than we were. Yep. No doubt. He'd been able to but, run the ball. And, yeah. Uh, but, him, I, and, him and Chuba would have been a nice one-two punch. Like they were I agree. Like, Wasn't it around I, the time I, they signed I, Miles Sanders? Isn't that uh, when they lost him? Like, didn't they sign Miles and then he left, like, the week later or something yeah, like that? I, thought right. it was like overla- I think that's why he left, because he knew he wasn't going to be the lead back. But he's not even, like, the second or third back in, Chica- in Chicago. <laughs> like, Chicago, I've said all year, well, at least we're not the Bears. We're not the Bears. We're going to find out tonight if we're the Bears or not because <laughs> we, yeah, we might be worse than the Bears, bro. We might be I'm worse sorry. than the Bears. That's been my only thing I've clung to like all season. Like, well, at least we're not as bad as Denver. We're not as bad as the Bears. Like, we got some talent. 
Actually, we don't. Like, we're pretty. Nah, we're the worst. Right bro. We're yeah. the <laughs> like, nah, we're number 32 out of 32. And the worst part of it, and for the fans, like for all of us, we're not getting our brains beaten in every week. You know what I mean? Like, we don't suck that bad. We're like, we just don't have any hope of winning the game. We're good enough to compete with whatever we throw out there. It's always a rock fight. No matter who we see for a little bit of that game, it's going to be nine to six or something like that. And we can't score or whatever's going on. And then we do something to tilt it to the other team's favor, whether it's turnovers, not converting a fourth down, an offsides penalty at the worst time, uh, getting a targeting penalty on something that's not targeting, like random stuff that happens. And before you know it, the other team's kind of pulled away. Because if you take everything out of last Sunday's game, the two pick sixes to more from Bryce Young uh, were pretty much the difference of the game. Like, I mean, that's 14 points. Like, it, it felt like it was bigger, but that was the difference in the game. We played a sloppy game and gave them 14 points and lost by 13. We held them under 200 yards on yeah. defense with dudes off the street. <laughs> like, that's, that's why I'm a, like, I can't blame the coaching staff because they're still getting them to play hard. Half right, that's what years. I'm saying. And if you did fight with Frank Reich, you'll have to understand – that whatever coach comes in next, they're going to want to bring their whatever staff they want, their entire staff. So Ezero Averro, he's done a pretty darn good job considering what he's had to deal with and all the injuries. Our defense is keeping us in games. Now, I will so, say this. This is something I've, I've heard, too. Um, say that scenario I just said a minute ago plays out, and we lose to the Bears tonight, and Cowboys come in here next Sunday, and we lose to them like big, and we're sitting there at one and nine. I can see a scenario where they do let Frank Wright go, not because of uh, wanting to hire another guy, but because that guy's already on the, the team uh, in Idra. Like, it, it seems like he's that next hot candidate. If you want to keep him here, you would have to let Wright go to promote him, right? So you promote him to interim head coach. But we've seen that story. We saw it last year. So it doesn't even guarantee that he would have it at the end of the year. So yeah, you got the Frank Wright thing has to work. It has to work. There cannot be a we fire Frank Wright and start this over again. It's got to work. They built the story in. Like, if this doesn't work, who's going to want to come here? This dude has ties to here. And it just, you know what I mean? Like, it, it has to work. It can't be a situation where we just fire everybody because they're going through some tar uh, hard times, like uh, Dusty Rhodes would say. <laughs> you know, like, you can't just, just send him on his way before the season is over. Like, he's got to at least finish it out. And then it's David Tepper's team. If he wants to fire him, then he's got all the reason in the world to do so or all the right in the world to do so. It's his team, not ours. So if he wants to fire the guy after one season, that's fine. I don't think they're going to only give him one season. He gave Matt Rule three. So, I mean, why would he give Frank Wright one? Yeah, it's bad for optics. Whenever you're firing a coach every single year, I mean, he's already doing that with the Charlotte FC. But it, this is what Jimmy Haslam did, who was also a minority owner with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Went and got the Cleveland Browns. And everybody knows how the Cleveland Browns have been for the past, what, 15, 20 years or whatever? Yeah. We're, uh, I know we're right up against it because I, I got a, a bounce here. Uh, we're, already at, we're already at 1130. But real quick, uh, for one, uh, Willie Smith was actually suggesting we start taking call-ins on this show. Um, and we might do that. That might be something unique we start doing uh, to let people ask the questions uh, through the link. Um, he's asking Cody and Monty, what is the identity of this team? We don't have one. Yeah. What are we? Are we a passing team? Are we a run first team? Are we a defensive minded team? Are we a scratch? That's, that's the identity of the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> are we real fast? Like what what are we? Like we don't have a like Miami's the track team, you know? Like 
How does Mike Tomlin say? We're just a bunch of nameless gray faces. <laughs> they Tomlin their way to a <laughs> yeah, playoff, Fellas, y'all know what our identity is? We're the get back team. Team see us on the schedule. Oh, oh yeah, we gonna get 100%. back. That's hey, hey, play, playing the Carolina Panthers is the cure for all the ails your football. Team. Correct. We gonna have a career day when we play the Carolina. Yeah, Panthers. but if you need to get right, the Panthers got your back, dog. Well, look, I, I guess y'all. I hope y'all ready to see DJ Moore go off for two hundred yards from a uh, pass receiving tonight uh, from some dude I've never heard of before, quarterback in Chicago, where quarterback careers go to die. We're gonna probably make this team look fantastic tonight. Oh, dude. I think I seen uh, what was it? Uh, what was it? Uh, my boy Lock for uh, they, uh, that was drafted by Denver, bro. He looked like an All Pro quarterback against us. So I, yeah. I, I wholeheartedly expect Badgett to to light us up tonight. No, no burns. We're on like our fifth and sixth string cornerbacks and safeties right now. No burns. Uh, no no linebackers, really. Yeah, Houston's on the IR. Uh, no, the no, no JC Horn. No, no CJ Henderson. It, I see. I, I can picture the meme. Uh, we got a guy here. I picture the mean, you know, the Will Smith mean, the Fresh Prince, where he's standing in the living room. There's nothing there. Yeah, that's, nothing. that's Derek. That's Derek Brown. Like Derek Brown standing there, like looking around, like where is everyone? <laughs> like everyone's gone. Like who are you? I don't know who I'm lining up beside. That's our Carolina Panthers right now. <sighs> it's good to laugh. It's good to laugh. Um, <laughs> well, look, Panthers, Bears, Amazon Prime Thursday night, eight fifteen is the kickoff. Um, Put yourself in a good mood. Watch the uh, season finale of Loki or something first before you dance over into Oh, yeah. I, I, I caught up on that yesterday, dog, because I was like, yeah, I'm at least yeah. going to have something to talk about. Uh, while yeah. Bro, who still watches Marvel anymore? I Dude. never. Loki, yo, Loki is the savior. Loki is that show has completely saved I mean, that franchise. Obviously, this this show isn't long enough for me to slander my uh Cody right now. With <laughs> yeah. I know, right? We'll save that for the next time. We, I mean, you, you got that in the very end. We'll save it for the uh, the next time. Though. Um, so for uh Cody, for Monty, I'm Des. Uh, you've been watching Embrace Debate. Uh, go hit that like button, hit the subscribe button on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel. Thank you to everybody. We just crossed some, a thousand subscribers last week, uh, for the first time, so we're very happy about that uh, more content coming on the way uh you can catch this and other shows like the cat cave uh on the uh keep pounding podcast network the videos are stored there on the tobacco road uh sports radio youtube channel so go check that out yeah. uh for all of us we'll see you guys next time oh, uh that's real quick tonight at seven we're doing a pre-game show uh with what's up doug it'll be live on his channel and okay. on C and on c3 uh and uh tonight sometime around the fourth quarter we're doing a post game show reacting to all the interesting things that happened Thursday night football. So check us out tonight. Look, the the, co the comment sections uh, debating the uh, comic stuff. So we'll, we might have to talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that uh, when we come. Karen knows tomorrow. what's up. <laughs> Watch Jen, Jen, uh, Jen V and the boys. Bro, those are my shows. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get out of here. We're up against it. Uh, we'll see you guys probably next week. I think we're getting back on a regular time. And Willie, we'll think about that. We might start doing the call ins like they do on the uh, the C3, uh, the Friday free for alls or whatnot. Although that looks like it gets super hectic. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure. Uh, let me let me sleep on it. Let me think about it. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Good luck, Panthers up in Shawtown. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding.